Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, everybody, where Chelsea have just beaten Burnley 4-1. Yes, you have it right. 4-1. 4. 4. 4. 4. 4. No, that's not a Monica Geller impression from Friends uh, with 4 instead of 7. But 4. We've scored 4 goals in a game, people. We've scored 4 goals. 4. 4 goals, Chelsea. 4. That's insane. That's insane. 4 goals. What, what are you playing at? 4? 4? You for real? 4? What? 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 What am I watching? Four. Um. Joining me to discuss Chelsea scoring four goals. Pat Patrick Larson, how are we doing, my man? <laughs> well, after after that introduction, I'm doing really well, my man. Um, I'm about as equally surprised as you are. Um, it's not four goals in four games. It's not even four and two. It's four goals in a single Premier League match, which we've all been clamoring for, I think, but uh, still can't quite believe it. So. Absolutely buzzing after the win. So, uh, you know, happy days. Yeah, lovely stuff. Indeed, Pat, tell people where they can find you on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at um, it's at PTP underscore COYB. And I'm also on Instagram now at PTP underscore COYB. So for any Chelsea content that, that, I, that I have time to do, I, I try to put it on both platforms. So, you know, please, please check it out. And I always enjoy conversations with other Chelsea supporters. Lovely, lovely stuff. Pat's links will be in the description below. Now, people, the reason I emphasise Chelsea scoring four goals in a Premier League game is because it's the first time it has happened since April 2022. Pat, do you know the fixture when we last scored four? Oh, was that was that Bournemouth? Southampton 6-0, April 2022. Oh, my goodness. It was That's just right, after... Yeah, I'm trying not... to remember even wins that even wins have been hard to come by. So I'm I'm remembering like the last wins that we had. Yeah, so, wow. I'm gonna... Hampton. Wow, exactly. It was in between the Real Madrid, the heartbreaking Real Madrid oh, Champions okay. League quarter final tie. Back That's then, right. Yeah. We lost the right. first leg three one, and then we gone to Southampton one six nil. Um, yeah, people, we've waited over a season for this to score four goals. Four, I repeat, four. So yeah, um, it meant Chelsea are now unbeaten in all eight of their Premier League visits to Turf Moor. Seven wins, one draw. No team has played more away games against a single opponent in the competition without losing. So, yeah. Chelsea, you know, you did not mess up today, which at one point it maybe looked like you did. Um, you would. Pat, 
let's get into it. That was very much a tale of two halves. That first half, I was thinking, oh, boys, all that after all that positivity on Monday night at Fulham, where has that gone? This is slow. This is laborious. You've got possession and you're just doing nothing with it. And you're one nil down for most of that first half. And I'm thinking, oh, um, obviously, Sterling's intervention is needed. He puts first or crossing, but, you know, Burn- goes in off the Burnley defender. But, Pat, just be honest to me, at about 3.30-ish UK time, uh, what were you? What were your thoughts when you were watching my game? Because I was thinking, "Oh God," uh, I was I was frustrated. Um, I I couldn't understand why we didn't have any kind of sense of urgency moving forward. I mean, we're playing we're playing these easy passes in our half for the most part, and we're just playing the safe passes back. And I understand that sometimes you have to do that while you try to look for an opening, but it didn't even look like we wanted to be progressive. It just kind of looked like we were we were just happy passing the ball around and keeping possession, but uh, you know, James Trafford in the first half had very little to do um, in, in Burnley's goal because we didn't really like other than maybe the that actual de um, you know, uh, pa- uh, pass over the top that Sterling couldn't quite hold on to. We didn't really have a lot of progressive passes. We certainly weren't trying to, you know, try to find those plays, you know, those passes in between the lines. I mean, we were just so to answer your question, it was really, really frustrating and we we didn't look like we even wanted to be playing out there. We were just, you know, there was no urgency. There was no, you know, the passes weren't even that crisp. It was just kind of like we were playing a friendly without without worrying about the result. And it looked like that we were just happy to to leave Turf more with nothing. And so um, it didn't look like a goal was coming. So, I mean, because, you know, we like other than Sterling later in the half, like no one was really taking anybody on. And we weren't even when they had the ball, we weren't even pressing them. And they were just they were just skipping through midfield without even being challenged and getting the ball out to their wings and looking threatening. So, yeah, I mean, I was very frustrated about three thirty UK time. Yeah, thankfully Raheem Sterling, you know, stood up to Mark. He was basically one of the best players in that first half. He obviously had a shot uh, wide and also had a shot, you know, straight at, at James Trafford in box. And he's the one who creates, you know, that own goal to send Chelsea in at half time, one one. Pat, he is also the man at the beginning of the second half to win a penalty. And it means that since uh, he has won the most penalties uh, in the Premier League since 16-17, he's got 20. That's five clear of Wilfred Zaha, 15, who is now at Galatasaray, scored against Man United midweek. Good on you, Wilf. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> Jamie Vardy on 14, Mohamed Salah on 12, and Marcus Rashford on 10. So again, that was lovely to see from Raheem. Um and then he gets the third, lovely through ball by Conor Gallagher to him. Beautiful finish. And that's 3-1 and that's game over. Raheem's, Raheem Sterling's game by numbers v Burnley. 36 touches, seven in the opposition box, four duels won, four possessions won. Uh, three shots, two shots on target, two fouls won, one chance created, one penalty won, one goal. Um, Pat, it had been a fairly quiet, you know, after... A, Raheem Sterling sort of had a bright start to the season and then he sort of had a couple, you know, quiet sort of weeks after that and people going, oh, there's Raheem Sterling, that's his over. He had two and a half gay purple patch and, you know, there he's back to normal, normal services resumed, etc. But that was just electric from Raheem Sterling tonight. He was like head and, I mean, you know, obviously second half, a lot of play, players, you know, stepped up to the plate, but he was hands down Chelsea man of match for me today. I thought he was just absolutely exceptional. I completely agree. And I've been... I've been one of those people that's been very frustrated with his, with a lot of his Chelsea, you know, uh, career so far, but um, overall this season, I think he's been one of our better players. 
I mean, he's like, you can call it a purple patch to the, to begin the season, but there aren't a lot of players that can even say they've had a purple patch for most of the season. I mean, there's been the odd game here and there, but at least he's put together a few games and today, but for me as well, he was the man of the match. He, he had a part to play. I want to say in what all four goals. Yeah, he did. Cause he, he's yeah. the one he, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because even on the fourth the goal, he crossed plays. it over yeah. to Cole Palmer and Cole Palmer put it into Nico Jackson. Um, so I mean he had a he had a part to play in all in all the goals today and and why was that because he was actually taking on players and you know he was um is it a v- Vittorio I believe is what it was out on there like he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't handle Sterling I mean he was Sterling was outrunning was was outrunning you know everyone on the Burnley defense and he was he was making things happen I mean he was he was yeah. he was for, he was forcing them man, under pressure yeah, yeah. I mean cope with him. No, and he couldn't. And um, that um, it was it was a time when we put Burnley under pressure. And and the thing about Burnley is when they try to play out of the back, they give the way they give away the ball a lot more than they than they keep it. So I didn't understand why we weren't pressuring them more in that first half. And to see Sterling, you know, taking them on and putting pressure on them, um, you know, that's kind of what put us in the position that we did. I mean, winning penalties, um, putting the ball into the box. I mean, it was. It, it was a sensational performance from him and well done. Well, well done Raheem. Yeah, no, he was truly exceptional and it's really nice to see. And it means Raheem Stone's last 18 Premier League games against promoted sides reads 15 goals and four assists. He does like playing newly promoted teams, but he turned in a performance that was really encouraging to see. And hopefully he can kick on. And it is just really nice to see. And we'll get onto it. McCullough Madrid could, you know, excelled in be sort of past you know, a couple of weeks. He's obviously on the bench today. You know, he goes off against Fulham Hobbs, have an injury. So it's really nice to see Van Raheem Sterling, another attacker, step up. And Pat, Cole Palmer, we kind of discussed his signing uh, on the time last time you were on. You know, he was signed just before, you know, the deadline. He was signed on deadline day, in fact. Um, you know, I've said on Paul openly, like, I was sort of sceptical about the signing just because, you know, I think that money could have been spent elsewhere and could have been maybe spent maybe better potentially. But this has been, you know, again, sort of since... Yeah, the really, you know, encouraging last few games for for Cole Palmer, obviously against against Brighton in the cup, against Fulham uh, in the week, and again, you know, against Burnley today, he gets his first Chelsea goal. He gets the assist for Jackson. Said his game by numbers v Burnley, eighteen passes in the final third, five touches in the opposition box, three shots, two chances created, one goal, one assist, and he is the youngest. Age 21 years and 154 days. Cole Palmer is the second youngest player ever to score a penalty for Chelsea in the Premier League after Oscar against Aston Villa in December 2012. Um, Pat, as I said, he's not played a huge amount of senior football in terms of, you know, starts. But this has just been, you know, really encouraging few games from Cole Palmer as well. Just your thoughts on Cole Palmer's performance, because, again, this was, I don't want to say, you know, coming of age feels a bit maybe strong, but this certainly was a, a statement, you know, a marker was put down by him to say, yeah, I, you know, Trust in me. I'm the I'm the guy to to you know have a key role in this attack moving forward. I think I think he's been great. Uh, and now it's first Premier League goal today with that penalty. I mean, it was his first ever Premier League goal. So congratulations to Cole. And um, I, I I really I really like the look of him. I I really I really think he's one of the attackers that really does try to play progressively. You you can I can still see some of that confidence that he maybe had from playing in a Man City side, and. He's he's very creative. He likes to make things happen. Um, does it always come off? No, but I mean, he's at least willing to take a chance. He's willing to take a shot. And you know, when you when you're willing to do that, you never know what can happen. And I think now that he's getting some consecutive starts, I think he's earned it. I think he's earned his place in the side right now. I don't see 
anyone that's really removing him from, you know, from starting. I like him better in the middle, if I'm honest. I like him better as like a 10, but he's still, even in the wing, he's making things happen. And um, like a lot of Chelsea players today, I thought he had a much better second half than the first half. But I, I think that could be said for a lot of Chelsea players. And um, he's looking like a really good signing. Uh, you know, I heard, I saw Jess, you know, our friend, our friend Jess saying that he's becoming one of her favorite players. And I tend to agree. He's becoming one of mine as well. I just like someone that's trying to make things happen and you know, trying, trying to get us on the score sheet. And we have to remember, you know, penalties are not a penalties of late have not been an automatic thing for us. I mean, we've had a lot of penalties, like, you know, the end, yeah, I can remember it, the end of one. I actually thought it was, you know, quite interesting that he was the one out of considering who we had on pitch the ticket and my mind initially went did go well we've missed our one and only penalty you know previous penalty this season so I'm not banking on this um maybe nope. Cole took it because it's you know he's up against his England under 21 colleague James Trafford sure. maybe he felt you know had a bit of inside knowledge there and knew sort of how best to deal with it but that that's interesting about something to move you know keeping on moving forward but that was really encouraging from Cole Palmer um Armando Broya gets subbed off at halftime pat he just wasn't really in the game and to be honest i don't want to be too harsh on Armando because he is coming back from a serious injury you know 60 minutes against for the monday night obviously got his goal monday night just you know not not the nicest goal level score but it's a goal and he got back for it from working hard um just not his day um but it is nice nico jackson comes on you know his suspension is is over um and he gets a goal and it's a really, you know, nice goal as well. He has to sort his feet out as well get, when he gets to it and, you know, calmly like, you know, he doesn't lash out it. He calmly just waits. So it's almost sits like a defender down, like slots it past Trafford for 4-1. And it's just really encouraging. I know, obviously, Broyers doesn't have the most effective game today, but it's just nice to see that in our last three games, our strikers have scored, you know, uh, Jackson scored in two of them. Broyers just scored in one of them. And it's just nice that maybe, maybe you're starting to feel, okay, there's some confidence we've seen, but maybe they can get some goals because it, it just helps a lot when your strikers are doing goal. And that competition as well, you know, let's say Jackson gets his goal against Brighton in the Carabao Cup because um, he's not suspended for it. Then Broya gets the start against Fulham, gets his goal there. And then, you know, Jackson comes on today, gets his goal. It's I think it's really nice that we're now in a situation where we've got two strikers and I think Jackson will be the main man still for a bit while, you know, Armando sort of gets his, his footing but it's nice that you do, do feel there is that competition for places, which, you know, ultimately, it certainly didn't feel last season Chelsea had any competition for places starting up front. And it's nice for, I guess, for Nico as well, that he's got that competition for places, even if, you know, I'm still going to moan that we do not have a senior striker to really sort of help Nico. I'm, you know, I think it's really nice that we've got that sort of competition between Armando and, and Nico. I completely agree. I mean, I would even say out on the wing with like Raheem and Mikhailo Mudrik, um, like when when everyone's playing well, you know that in order to keep your place in the side, that you've got to keep playing in top form. I think one of the problems from last season is that, like especially in the attack, no one was really playing well, so no one really felt the need. That everyone kind of felt like they deserved to start because there was no one that was really outshining anyone else. I mean, you know, people had flashes of moments, but there was no real even purple patch of form that allowed someone to really nail down their place in the side. So. Yeah, I hope that this is the start of, you know, with 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 both Broya and Nico getting back to the attack to our strikers. I I hope that they're pushing each other for for places because they can't rest on their laurels. They actually have to you know perform and put in a shift and you know contribute with goals to try to keep their place on the side. And I hope that goes for all parts of the attack. Cole is kind of cementing a place, and he's got to work. I hope that he has to work to keep that place. I mentioned Mudrick and Sterling. I hope that they both have to do that um, because. 
competition breeds good performances for me. And I think that, I think that it's important that these players are not just friends in training, but also they're pushing each other to get in, to get in that starting 11. And you're only going to do that by performing. And um, I think that Potch is going to hopefully, you know, do it on merit. It's not going to just be on price tags. I think he's shown that he's willing to change things up. And so I, I hope that, I hope that the good form continues and I hope that that competition, that fierce competition for places continues. Yeah. Um, I guess one of my peeves of the game, Moises Caicedo gets booked for kicking the ball away and Enzo gets booked for descent. Fellas, I know it's easy to get frustrated with referees, but that just kind of hurt me a little bit. But I thought, Enzo, work on your shooting. But, but again, that midfield, Moises, Enzo and Connor, you know, work really well. Granted, I said, don't think they necessarily will have the best first halves, but second half, they were just really, you know, running the show and it was just pretty, pretty comfortable from them. I think we did see... You know, said praise Levy for for his assist in midweek to uh, on Monday night to, to Madrid. But again, I did think we did still see you know the, the issues at points in that first half when you don't when you play a centre back at fullback and your left back at right back. There were you know issues at points there. But as well, think of Corona once he got booked. You know, improved. Um, yeah. Again, you know, just like like everyone else, a lot better second half um you know sanchez i don't really have any you know sanchez again just did what we required today no don't really blame him at all for the goal goes through his legs uh through through a defender's legs uh and then you know makes makes saves that he needs to do just uh you know solid and yeah um so it was just overall just a really just really nice and i'm just you know i'm pleasantly surprised that we're talking about chelsea scoring four goals in a game and we've scored six goals in a week people um yeah six goals in a week i don't you know i don't think that can be stated enough that is actually you know pretty um impressive so yeah um i guess we shall you know move on to listener questions first question comes in from connock are we really back or is this just one of those purple patches <laughs> um i i'm reticent to say we are back i, I like it, it's it's newly promoted burnley um who under Vincent Comedy are leaking goals for fun. I guess it's nice that we did actually score goals. Um, you know, is we scored four, that was nice. You know, is it one of those purple patches? <laughs> I mean, again, this is like this if it's a purple patch, this is like the shortest ever purple patch being three games, uh, you know, uh, uh one of those being a cup game. So I don't know. I just think it's Chelsea doing really what they should be doing in these last two games. Um, I don't really, you know, praise the performance, very, you know, happy, you know, particularly with that second half today but I don't not sort of want to go overboard on the analysis because I mean as it stands in the table with Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest uh locked at nil nil we are still 11th in the Premier League 11 points from eight games and you know even though I said on the pod I've said after Aston Villa I said Brighton uh Brighton Fulham and today against Burnley that they sort of needed to be free wins well we have got those free wins we have progressed in the cup and we've got one of those two Premier League games so that is nice there is some good feeling there but still, eleven points from eight games is an underperformance given the the fixture list we've had to start with, and given we know what is coming up. Um, you know, we've recovered the situation a tiny bit. We've we've you know made up some ground, um, so that's nice, Connor. But I don't want to go too overboard about what this means for Chelsea, sort of where we are moving forward, because we've got you know Arsenal after the international break, we've got Brentford, and you know we've got like games where we could ease. You could you know we could just easily lose them we could win them we could draw them like any honestly anything can happen i mean that's the game of football you can lose win or draw any match 
great uh, you know groundbreaking analysis right there for you but it's I, i'm just reticent to sort of go you know get go too overboard with with you know exaggeration one way or other it was a, it was a, a good second half it was a really poor first half and you know i guess you know hopefully potch said something to him at half time but fired him up or they just took ownership hopefully both but again it's just nice chelsea won a game from behind in the league and i you know when was the last time we did that i feel again we'd be looking back to crystal palace uh, under graham potter in september last year I feel it's been a long time since. Obviously, there's not been many wins since. So, but you know, Chelsea have not had a great record at coming from behind. So it was nice we were able to do that. You know, so for you know, positives, but it's said, Connor, I don't really want to go um to overboard Pat Forts. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go out and say that we're back and you know we're we're winning, you know, we're winning the league and we're the best team in England. Um, you know, it's too early for that. I mean. I agree with you. These are games that quite frankly, with, with the talent that we do have on the pitch, even with the injuries that we have, these are games that we should be winning. Um, I mean, you can argue Brighton with, you know, but, but Brighton's even been struggling recently and, you know, has been porous in defense um, in recent weeks. So again, I agree with you. I think these are three games we should have won or that, you know, especially playing um, Brighton at home at the bridge. Like we need to win those kind of games. And um, I think our, I think our standard, I think our expectations have just slipped so much that any kind of win at all against anybody just feels like, you know, an extra celebration is needed. But I think we're going to really see what this team is made of in the next six to seven weeks when we're playing the likes, as, as you already said, Arsenal, Brentford. I mean, you know, we're going to have City, we're going to have Tottenham, you know, there's going to be a lot of games. Um, again, I think I heard on the, on the broadcast that, it's like in the next six, seven weeks, we're going to, most of our teams are, are against teams that have finished in the top nine last season, or I think it was last season or, or, you know, currently in the top nine this season. So we've, we've kind of had a generous start to the season and didn't really, didn't really, you know, impress a whole lot in those games, but let's see if these guys are ready to step up and, you know, be challenged because I mean, we're going to need the likes of Caicedo and Enzo to have really good games. We need to dominate midfield. Let's, um, hopefully we'll get some guys back. I mean, a lot of them we won't get back until December, but um, we're going to see what this team is made of, you know, in the next six to seven weeks. And you know, the they better be re- they better be up for the challenge because we're certainly expecting them, you know, to 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 bring their best in these games. I hope that they can do that. Yeah, as I say, Connor, you know, it's it's been a couple of good weeks, which is nice because Chelsea have not had good, you know, strung together good weeks for forever, which is just really nice. Look, if we you know, beaten Bournemouth, if we'd beaten Nottingham Forest, if we'd say drawn or beaten Aston Villa, then maybe I would say we are back because, you know, we, we've won games of football and we'd be higher up in the league. I can't really say we're back on the back of two wins against teams that we should be beating um, and that sit 11th in Premier League. So I can't really say that, but it's been a nice couple of weeks and we've not, you know, Chelsea, you know, I said, when was the last time you were, you know, this is probably the longest we've been happiest with Chelsea for, for a while. So just enjoy it. Um, I guess it's on a slightly similar note. Uh, next question comes in from Dan Hill. How do you feel about Chelsea now after the last three wins? Is the international break coming up the wrong time for us now? What are your thoughts uh, heading into a tough run of fixtures during the rest of October and into November? For what it's worth, I'm buzzing after today. And this is, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dan, who can quite often be be a pessimist. Um, and that's quite understandable. Um, you know, that's not, you know, not, not a slight out at all. So it's actually really nice to see Dan sending the question and just feel really happy. I'm positive about today. Um, Dan, yeah, how do I how do I feel about Chelsea now after the last three wins? I mean, I, I, I've seen stuff that I've liked, as I said, in those first three games under Poch where we, you know, drawn, lost and won. But there was, you know, a decent percentage of those games that I liked. 
against uh, who was it against Forest and against Bournemouth and against Villa. There was a lot less I liked in those games, you know. And then in these last three as well, there's been you know, you know, quite a lot I've I've liked. So how do I feel about Chelsea now after the last three wins? I I just feel content, Dan. Which you know I was. I was not throwing my toys out of a pram when things were not going going well. So I'm also not going to sort of go overboard with where we are. As I kind of links back to Connor's question. I mean, we're 11th in the Premier League still. And we still, whatever way people try and shape it, we have still messed up a good run of fixtures to start the season before the this brutal run of fixtures where we, you know, which part of your uh, part of your question. So I, just, I feel happy, though, because I feel, you know, Raheem's got goals. Jackson's got, you know, two and two. Broyer came back from injury Monday night. Goes gone. Mudrick's off for Mark. There's been a lot of feel good story, like just feel good factor, feel good stories around Chelsea the last couple of weeks, which has just been nice. Just nice to feel some positivity around. Um, so you know, in terms of that's how I kind of feel about Chelsea now after the last three wins. Is the international break coming at the wrong time for us now? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably because it does disrupt momentum. Players go away. They come back at various different points. Um, for sure. So I guess maybe it does allow people maybe some. I don't know, will people be... Obviously, it will allow some people to come back for, for Arsenal after the international break. Um, so, yeah, Pat, before we get into, you know, analyse of the fixtures, just down script, how do you feel about Chelsea now after the last three wins? And I guess I'll just point about how do you feel now about Chelsea's start to the season as we head into the second international break of the season? Well, I guess the word would be hopeful for me. Um, like you, I was not impressed with, like, the the likes of a performance against Bournemouth and Villa and other games, I really thought that we should win because we, because, you know, having so much ball control and not doing anything with it and not scoring, not scoring a Premier League goal in the first three um, fixtures of September, for example, um, you know, I, I was frustrated by that. But the last three fixtures, I would say, has made me at least hopeful that there's some of these, some of these relationships are, the chemistry is starting to build and hopefully something coming together. Is it all perfect? No. The first half today would show us that, but I do, I, I do feel hopeful about what could be, but um, I do agree that the, that the international break is coming at a bad time now because we're in a, you know, there's a good feeling in the camp with three consecutive wins on the bounce and you want, you want to carry that into big games. I mean, you don't, you, you know, you're always afraid with off an international break of the, after the travel of everyone coming back because we have a team full of internationals people coming back that there's going to be that lull that we don't need it coming into a game against a London rival, particularly Arsenal that we all want to beat and beat handily if we can. Um, But I feel hopeful Um, as far as the season overall, I think we've underachieved so far. And I, and I, and I get, we have a lot of new players. We had a new manager and we've had injuries, but you know, I still think it's okay to expect us. We're still Chelsea. And I think it's okay to expect us to perform better against the sides that we face than we have overall so um but i I think i'm starting to feel hopeful and i'm unlike uh, unlike last season i feel like there's at least some kind of a plan and some kind of there's a direction that we're going in which is nice to feel after feeling listless for like the last season and a half or so um so um yes so i guess the word overall would be hopeful yeah dan has said hopeful you know i can't necessarily be too I said, I, I'm delighted with today and I'm going to be, you know, I'm really happy about today. And it's, you know, just going, I'm just going to carry that with me now. And it's it's good that we get to, you know, rest on this for two weeks because just compare the mood, how different it felt after the Nottingham Forest game when we had to sit on that for two weeks. 
But, you know, I'm not going to go overboard with Chelsea because we did also a few weeks prior take one point from Aston Villa, Forest and Bournemouth, which isn't good enough, no matter whatever stage, no matter what stage Chelsea are in, you know, winless, winless Bournemouth, uh, you know, Forest. And and I said at the time, look, Villa are a good side, but and, you know, one of the if we drop points in one of those three games, I'd be not ideal, but, you know, more. But it, it is the fact that it was three those three games in kind of three consecutive. I can't go overboard with Chelsea. It's nice. Just enjoy today for what it was and hope things uh, improve and keep improving. And this, I guess, links into your next part of the question. What are your thoughts heading into a tough run of fixtures during the rest of October and into November? <laughs> I mean, Dan, I have, I guess what it, what the last week has given me is some confidence that we can score goals. Um, that, that's that's my main bit of confidence. Um, look, obviously, I guess we'll, we'll go through the fixtures and sort of where, where they are. Look, Arsenal at home on the 21st of October. Dan, I'm going to be brutally honest. If we get a draw, I'm delighted against Arsenal, honestly, which I know people, you know, which is, I, I guess, a bit of a sad state of affairs seeing, you know, that a couple of years ago, we were, you know, comfortably, so we were in a better place than Arsenal. But you give me a draw against Arsenal at home on the 21st of October, I'm happy with that, Dan. Dan you know, even if, if we lose, but I see like a good performance, I'm kind of happy with that. I don't, you know, I don't have huge expectations for that. Brentford on the 28th of October. Look, we've lost at home to Brentford in the two seasons since they've been promoted from the Premier League. But they are struggling right now. They are, you know, they sit in 14th, seven points from eight games, you know. So that really, there is the expectation. Like, as much as I can say, and we can all say Brentford's a tough game, it will be a tough game. That's a game we've really got, got a target to win. It is the 12.30 kickoff. So, you know, coupon bus, coupon buster, etc. Um, You know, so I don't, you know, just a, a nightmare time kickoff time to play Brentford. Oddly, if we were playing them at three o'clock on a Saturday or 5.30 on a Saturday or on a Sunday, two or 4.30, I'd probably be more confident than a Saturday 12.30 kickoff. Um, again, someone's going to have to remind me the last time Chelsea won an early kickoff game in the Premier League because I feel like it has been for ages. But I feel the that, Dan, should be a win. Obviously, we then head into, you know, the Carabao Cup tie against Blackburn. I'd expect that to be a win. And then <laughs> November is just brutal. Tottenham away, City at home, Newcastle away. <laughs> I'm... Dan, this is why, you know, I can't get too carried away. And it's, you know, Tottenham, I mean, Tottenham at the time of recording, and by the time this is, I mean, this is out Sunday morning, they sit top of the Premier League, which is a disgusting thing to say out loud on this podcast. But it's 20 points from eight games, probably one of their best starts to a season. Honestly, if we were to get a point at Tottenham away, I'd be buzzing. I'd be buzzing with a point at Tottenham away, just given where we are. City at home, like, well, we've, we watched City beat us four times last year. Two seasons, two times the previous season, we've not beaten them since Porto. I can't really expect us to go and beat City at home. Newcastle away on the 25th of November, or I mean, I think that's still to be sort of done for TV. That's a brutal game. That's probably, in my eyes, the most winnable game. And I'm just going to quickly check down if Newcastle have got a Champions League game in the week, you know, prior to that. Um, no, they don't. Um, so of course, because there's an inter- there's another course, international break course, between the city and yeah, of Newcastle course not. games. Yeah, so of course they can't have a Champions League game that week. So Dan, I'm on it. It's like despite what I've seen in the last two games, I still wouldn't have huge expectations for these fixtures. Like I'd realistically say I could see us out of Arsenal, Brentford, Tottenham, City, and Newcastle one win, which would be Brentford, and then you know get a couple of. You know, if maybe we could, if we could get a draw at Tottenham, if we could maybe get a draw at Newcastle, maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe we could win at Newcastle. But again, worth noting, 
Chelsea do have a pretty poor record at St James's Park as well, and like these things do annoyingly have matter like in some weird way. So, Dan, as positive as the last couple of weeks have been, and the fact that I do think we could now score a goal, um, I can't really be too. I st- I still can't be super too optimistic about us going into October and November, and this is kind of why. You know, it's just for more frustrating for me, those results we had against Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Forest. Because even if they were six, if we had six or seven more points from that, then all of a sudden we're on, you know, then all of a sudden just the situation is better. There'd be reason to have a bit more confidence in us. You know, if we'd got six or seven more points, we'd have 17, 18 points. We'd be sort of in the top four as it stands. And I kind of was thinking, I said, at the start of the season on the pod, I kind of had us, I remember I had us on 12 points after our first six games. Um, and we've played eight now, so I'd imagine I'd have put Fulham and Burnley as wins, so I'd have probably had us maybe naively on, you know, 18 points after our first eight, and we're on 11, Um, and obviously, you know, I did think West Ham or Liverpool could have been losses, but the others I sort of expected win or win or draw, I think I said Aston Villa draw, Bournemouth would be a win, Forest would be a win, so, and if we were in that place, it would just be easier, because I think, unfortunately, Dan, that period, like, it's kind of important we do pick up points, just for the league table, because then just given how the season started, that we sort of messed up a bit at the start, you know, it won't take long as much as it is for confidence to sort of, you know, go down for the negative feeling to return, you know? So, I mean, again, it is worth knowing in that first half, there were chances of Roman Abramovich, you know, in that first half of Burnley today. Um, Again, I'm not in the crowd, so I don't necessarily know why it was chanted or what, but again, maybe a sign that, you know, frustration, etc. And obviously by the end, people were happy, but, the point being, I don't think it's still going to take much to turn the tide back into a negative way down. That's just where we are. So, look, I'm buzzing about today. I'm really happy with how Chelsea played the last two weeks. And I'm going to sort of cling on to that and just hope Chelsea can make it. But, Dan, to, to be brutal, I do not have the highest expectations going into this October and November on officials. And unfortunately, I do see us sliding and the pressure returning and us, you know, being... And that's, you know, that's just not really me wanting to be pessimistic. That's just me basing... Chelsea off the evidence I've watched of the eight games so far and the fact that these games are a step up on what we've had so far and ultimately our three wins are Fulham Burnley and Luton from our games there's not a standout result yet the most standout result is uh, a change Brighton side in the cup which is you know which was a good win and should, I don't think should be played down but sorry Dan I, and people listen, I don't want to sort of be the one to sort of bring the mood down on the podcast because I'm really pleased with today. And like I said, I must reiterate, I'm really happy with what I saw today. Really happy with how we played. Really happy with a lot of individuals over the last couple of weeks. It's just going to take a lot more for me to sort of become really confident that this team can go to those teams and get results. But Pat, I'll let you answer Dan's question. What are your thoughts heading into this tough run of fixtures during the rest of October and into November? Yeah, I, I again, I'll, I'll use a word and I think the word is daunting for me. Um, and again, I, I'm with you. I don't want to be, I don't want to bring the mood down on today either. I mean, it's, it's really great that we've won three, three wins on the bounce and that's good for confidence. That's good for, that's good for the camp at training. That's good for, that's good for the supporters to not think about is the manager going to be sacked or, you know, do we need to get brand new owners tomorrow? You know, things that we know are not necessarily going to happen. Um, but it, it, I think you covered it really well. It really is a step up in the next six to seven weeks. And I looked at the fixtures myself even before we started recording and Brentford in that time looked like the most winnable game. But even then, I mean, we know, we know that Brentford knows how to score goals too when they're on. So it's um, I think it's a daunting set of fixtures. One, one positive I will say is that 
a lot of the teams we're playing um, play more expansive football, and it's not it's not a team that's going to sit back and try to play the low block, which is something that we really struggle against. Um, I think we do have players that thrive more when they have space. So maybe that might play into our favor to have teams that are going to be coming at us, which we obviously have to be ready from a defensive standpoint. But I think having having that playing teams that want to play attacking football, having knowing that there, there's going to be some spaces that we can that we can attack. Um, and now that we've shown that we can score goals, that might be something to you know hold our hats on and to be hopeful about. Um, if if the players step up and know that we're playing a step up in the in quality in terms of the sides we're going to be facing. Um, so that is one positive I will bring to the table, but we have to, we have to respect the fact that a lot of these teams have gotten off to a really good start in the season. Much as I hate to say it, you know, Tottenham's playing really well under Ange and um, he's done a great job since he's come in um, Manchester city, their city. We know that um, much as I, much as it cringe, I cringe in saying it, you know, Arsenal has been, you know, not the greatest start of the season for them, but we know that they have goals in them when they're on. So it's it's going to be a real, and I think going to St. James's Park is always daunting, particularly when their fans are really bouncing at the moment after, I mean, especially yeah. after that PSG result. Exactly, I mean, we saw they did to PSG. It, yeah, and they I mean, beat and, City and, in the Carabao Cup. Exactly, like, and and so you know, you, we know that when when Newcastle supporters are in it, that makes it that makes uh, St. James's Park a really intimidating place to go so um and and they've they've gotten off to a pretty decent start to the season themselves you know a couple of results notwithstanding yeah. so it, it's you, a really it's a really difficult well start. considering that they've had a lot tougher run than us a fixture they have and they've, they've played they've had they've had to play a lot of tough fixtures to start and while not everyone has gone their way they've come out of it and they're they're still in a yeah. good position considering who they've played i mean i think they had the most difficult start in the first five games of the season of any team in the league so um based on based on last season's uh table so it's 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 a really big ask because because you know i think the biggest threat that i see is not even the spirit of the camp but it's seeing how the supporters react to it because like you said it's not going to take much to go back to get rid of these owners all these players all these players are crap and and just the negative energy that that can bring and that's not always necessarily you know in the stands at the bridge. I mean, we see it, you know, we see a lot of it on social media, which is not necessarily always what the, the match going fans necessarily how they feel, but it could, especially a, an extended run of bad form, you know, could, it could lead itself to those bad vibes that we don't want. And um, I think that's the most dangerous thing is like the supporters not being in it. And then that, that, that translating over to the players. Um, and I think that's the most dangerous thing because we've, we've also had a tough run going into December during the busy, holiday fixture period now it won't be as busy as previous years because of the no chance no no european football but we do know that it gets busy around the around the holiday time and um we've struggled with that in previous years so um i hope that we get more out of it than i think we're going to get out of it but it's it's definitely going to be a test for these players and they're uh, a test for their mental fortitude yeah i mean dan we've not beaten arsenal since august 2021 and that was at the Emirates, and we haven't actually beaten them at Stamford Bridge. This is going to disgust people since uh, 2018 under Maurizio Sarri. So it's a long wait to, to beat Arsenal. We haven't beaten City since Porto. We haven't looked close to beating City since Porto, to be honest, in any of the games we played. We haven't beaten, I mean, two games against Spurs last season we drew and lost. Uh, you know, Spurs is one we've tended to do quite well against. You know, we have a decent record at their stadium in the league, you know, two wins, 
uh, uh, sorry, three wins there. I remember one lost what was last season, but they are flying at the moment. Like, you know, and they are, you know, they've beaten Matt. They were, you know, they've gone to the Emirates and drawn two all. They've beaten United at home there. I mean, you know, caveat it's United in current form, but still, still, still a scalp in some sense. And they've beaten Liverpool there, albeit Liverpool with nine men. So it's not, it's not me wanting to, you know, play down this team. And I said, I do think those games will maybe suit us a little bit more in terms of, you know, we'll get, you know, it won't be necessarily us struggling to break down low blocks that we've, you know, seen, you know, in the early weeks of the season. I just think at those moment, this moment in time, those teams have more quality than us. And they've got, you know, better players than us in some places, some instances. So it's not me wanting to be negative, Dan. Um, you know, but I, I still can't be too optimistic. I'm just, you know, wait and see. But we get that result. Who knows? We beat Arsenal first up, you know, on the return of the interest rate. It won't take much for confidence to just go. And this is what I mean. The situation is, it's not going to take much for confidence to go up and up. And it's also not going to take much for confidence to, to erode at the same time. So, yeah, long answer to your question, Dan. But hopefully you enjoyed. And... The final question comes in from RJ. Hey, Legends, keen to hear your thoughts as to recent turnaround. What do you attribute this to? And his second question, also, which players do you think Poch is really keen on fast-tracking their return to the team and why? So, Pat, what do you what do you put this recent turnaround down to? Um, Honestly, I would say goals. Actually, yeah. putting the ball in, putting the, ball it, in yeah. the net. Simple concept, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I Amazing mean, what happens when you do it. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean... Like, what was it? Three consecutive Premier League games in September, we didn't score a goal. Um, you know, it was like nil-nil draws or losing to, to Villa. I mean, it's it's frustrating when you're, and it's really and it's really concerning when, you know, you think we only scored, what, 38 goals in 30 in 38 league games last year and easy math, a goal, a goal a game. And then we have a, we have a run there where we have three straight games where we can't even put a single goal in the net. Um, so I would say, I would say the big thing is just putting the ball in the net because I think when we've, I think we relax a little bit when we get, when we put, a, put the ball in the net and then we start playing. I, th- I think today was a good example of that. Even if it took a slice of luck, which to be quite honest, I think we reduced some luck because we've had some really as poorly as we played at times, we've also had some really poor luck to start the season. And that's not an excuse for not winning those games, but it's nice that we're due a, a slice of good luck here and there to, you know, to get the own goal, to kind of get things going. I felt like that relaxed the guys a little bit and it brought some intent back and tacking intent back into the side. So, and I've, I've noticed that with a lot of these recent Chelsea teams is that when we score a goal, we settle down and play football that we're, that we're capable of playing when these guys don't feel under pressure to get that goal, to put us in a position to take points from a, from a match. Um, so for me, it's just getting, and, and like, I think about the Fulham match, you know, scoring two goals in, you know, in, in, in like within seconds of each other. I mean, you know, that, that breeds confidence and, you know, it's like, oh, we can win a game in the league. And it's uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think people underestimate just what goals can do for a team. Yeah. And RJ, look, ultimately, I think there has been maybe a little bit of luck in these last games of her, but you think of our second goal away at Fulham, you know, the manner of that goal, the own goal today, you know, you do sometimes eat luck to go in your favor, but also the fact that, you know, we get, that second goal, we get a bit of luck against Fulham for the second goal. Again, luck, we do also, you know, go out of a way to create. And I, you know, Mushroom, really, Armando Broya, you know, hustling and Harry, and like he does also, you know, put him, put, he gets himself in the position for that luck to go his way. And then today, you look at it, we get an opportunity. The game is one on. Think back to West Ham away, 1 1. We win a penalty. That penalty gets saved. 
You look at it today, 1-1, we win a penalty, we score and we go on. And this is the thing, it's also, RJ, we've been getting opportunities in these last couple of games and we've actually been taking them, which is what we were not doing in previous fixtures. Because you get see that second goal today and as soon as that second goal goes in, I just relax because I felt pretty comfortable that Chelsea would then go on and see that game out, even if our form, you know, even if there was just that one previous game, uh, you know, against Fulham to really just go by. But I just felt confident. And it's just small things. When you get opportunities, when you're a team that is not necessarily the most lethal in front of goal and you're not, you know, riding super high, when you get opportunities presented to you, you need to take them. And we took we took that. So obviously, I think that is part of it. There is obviously just some confidence, you know, as well. So, yeah, confidence. And I guess also just some players taking accountability. As I say, Mikhailo Mudrik has really, you know, had really stepped up prior, you know, obviously he's, you know, comes off bench today, but he'd really stepped up in those previous three games compared to today. Raheem Sterling, you know, he was on the bench again against Fulham. He was suffering, you know, he'd been ill, but he had a couple of games before that. Stood up, stands up today, you know, takes account. Conor Gallagher probably didn't have the most amazing first half. You probably go online and there's probably people going, oh, this is, you know, why I can't get too big on Conor Gallagher because he's, you know, he's great against Fulham. But then today he's back to sort of being a bit, yeah. But then he steps up second half, plays that brilliant pass for, for Sterling's for a goal. Ultimately, I think, you know, maybe some people growing, some people taking accountability. Even just you compare Cole Barmer, how much more confident he looks in his game compared to, you know, Bournemouth a, a few weeks ago. Confidence, I guess, players taking accountability. I guess that maybe goes down to Poch's leadership as well, which we don't quite see. You know, again, because something gets said at halftime, because that's a completely different, you know, team that comes out in the in the second half. And these last two, and I said Fulham was a really professional performance where, you know, better teams, I said at the time, better teams would have put that Fulham team to the sword and we didn't. But it was professional and it was job done and it was one of the most comfortable watches as a Chelsea fan we had in the game for ages. Today, that's, you know, again, second half, after you know a poor start, but that's also what good teams do. If they slow, st- if they start poorly or whatever, good teams come back, turn games around, and go on to win. And that's what we did today. So, I mean, RJ, just been a lot of attributes. Just, I guess, RJ, simply put, just a bit of growing up in the last two weeks. Simply put, RJ, I just think we've grown up a little bit in the last couple of weeks. There's been a bit of luck to help us. Just some taking accountability and just growing up a bit, really, RJ. In the last week, it's not. I don't. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not a tactical genius here, so I'm not gonna. You know, go and say, oh, it's all tactical you know inside of it obviously maybe some things to be done but ultimately I just think like the fundamentals really just like the you know essentials that you kind of need within yourself as a player I think ultimately we've just taken a, account for and, and taken responsibility and they realized this is an opportunity now you know opportunity to to you know improve our situation and go forward and the final part of this question which player or players do you think Poch is really keen on fast tracking their return to the team and why I don't RJ, I don't know. I'd imagine that obviously Gusto returns from suspension and I think we will see him just return back. I think Mark Cacreta, you know, was pretty solid against Brighton and Macarabo. I think Mark Cacreta, after some shaky starts in, in all three games that he sort of deputised, has then gone on to have a solid game. But I still think, and again, maybe it's partly to do with, you know, him and, and Colwell probably in that first half, sort of, probably didn't necessarily help with, you know, Armando Bro's sort of, anonymity because the fullbacks are quite an important part of the attack and getting the ball and you know Armando was quiet so I guess Gusto having a natural right back back again with it obviously I think I mean I'm not sure if I think was it today was Reese James serving his suspension today against Bernie because obviously he got the the final suspension level for, for what he yeah. said after the Aston Villa game um, but obviously I think Gusto will be one of those um, I mean it's interesting you know 
the beauty of the you know what we've seen from the midfield three is it we you know we've not even seen Romeo Lavia kick a football in a Chelsea shirt yet, and it's going to allow us to ease him in a bit more, which I think is nice in terms of you know fast tracking. It, it's quite tough to say because you know I thought that first half we kind of did. I was thinking oh we're really missing Mudrick here, you know after these first three starts, which again you know we wouldn't have been saying a few weeks ago. Um, but then obviously other players stood up, so I don't know RJ. I still. I still, I've not really mentioned him. I'm not going to really bash him because we won four one. But I do think Ben Wabadiashile returning. I hope, and I'm not saying this is what Poch will do, but I'm hoping that fast tracks the exit out of the team of Thiago Silva. And look, I thought he was excellent against Fulham Monday night. He was all right today. I thought, you know, obviously there'll be maybe some people play maybe questions or maybe if maybe his part in Bernie's opening goal potentially maybe, but. I just think, like, Thiago Silva, this season in general, has not probably offered enough, and it does alter the way we play. And I think seeing him there, you know, with maybe affecting with high lines, etc., and all whatnot, makes it a bit harder to justify maybe doing that, etc., and it means you get potentially players shifted out wide. I'd be interested to see Baddy Shield returns. I Personally, I would like to think that Poch will fast-track Baddy Shield into this team. Because also, and I've said it before, Thiago Silva is 39. And I don't want Chelsea to be relying on him week in, week out. I think it is the time to really be phasing out. And look, he was excellent for the Monday night. He was excellent. It was really nice to see him getting serenaded by that away and Monday night. But the point is, I do not think Thiago Silva should be in this team on a weekly basis. Um, so it's quite tough, RJ, and thinking who would you fast track? Because as I said, you know, I'm quite happy with, you know, that midfield. You know, obviously it'd be nice to get Lavi back, that option there but I don't see an issue there and then defensively obviously you know I guess when Brees is available he will be straight back in that team I guess when Chilwell is available he will maybe be straight back in the team maybe not as obvious given that he had spent some time on the bench in in previous games but Pat any thoughts on any players you think Poch will be really keen on fast tracking into this team yeah I mean we're we're ways away from being able to fast track him but Christopher Nkunku comes to mind for me yeah um because you know while it was preseason I don't want to I don't want to oversell it like i think a lot of us really liked the way that we looked with christopher and kunku in the side for you know during preseason again who knows if that would have translated over to the start of the regular season you know, we we will never really know but i think that um nico like it really looked promising the way nico would link up with christopher and kunku and again while we're 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 still you know two to three months away from that even being a possibility um i think that he's someone that you know, for the second half of the season that I think Poch w- w- uh, will really look to utilize. Hopefully he eases him back into the team and doesn't just thrust him in um, because we, we don't want to, we don't want to get him re-injured obviously, but I do think he's someone that could with his quality and his, his ability to know how to finish um, is going to be someone that might allow you to bring a Cole Palmer on the inside as a 10, maybe, I don't know. It, it may allow him to play for, you know, different formation, I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. You know, only time will tell. But that's the one that comes to mind. The other one was Reese James when he's healthy. Um, Malagusto is a good shout because I don't think Mark Kukurea, no disrespect to him, but I don't think he's Poch's first choice on either the left he's, or the right side. He's done a job. He's, he's done a job he's and he's really let us yeah, down. And I'm pleased no. for him that he's yeah, had this game too. time in the last, you know, few weeks. But I do not think, I still think there are doubts as much as and, he has, you know, done a solid job and, you know, maybe put himself into contention, I still do have doubts longer term about his Chelsea career. 
uh, but we'll see. I'm, ple- I'm pleased for him. But yeah, I do think, yeah. you know. I mean, credit I, to him for uh, yeah. what I appreciate about him is his willingness to go in and do a job wherever he's asked to do it. And, um, you know, I like that attitude and, you know, massive credit to Mark for, for putting in solid performances. I mean, has it been, uh, does this positional awareness sometimes still concern me a little bit? Yes, but it's overall, he's been solid and he, he works hard. I mean, I will, I will say that. I mean, he, and you know, that's, that's a, that's at least something that I'll give him credit for. And he's been solid, like you said, in the last three games. So massive credit to him for that. But I do think that having that natural right back, as you referenced, um, you know, whether it be that Malagusto or Reese James, um, you know, I think that that's going to be really helpful. So, um, but yeah, the first name that kind of came to mind with that question was, uh, was it was Christopher Nkunku. Yeah, yeah, that is a that is a good shout. Easy to forget, easy to forget, seeing as yeah. we've actually seen him kick a, a ball well, in, I mean, in anger competitively. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like Lavia. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Lavia, and we forget how yeah. many players. Call it, like you know, Carney Chukwameka is another one that comes to mind. I mean, you know, we have a lot of players that are coming that that over the next three months at some point will come back in, hopefully, and hopefully can pick up where they left off and you know contribute positively to this team and hopefully breed competition for places to raise everyone's level because that's ultimately what we hope for is that if we can ever get a full complement of our, of our actual players back for available for selection, I hope that does raise everyone's level. And um, because we already referenced earlier that competition for places is is a really good thing. Yeah, no, indeed. Indeed. Right. That's all the listener questions that we got sent this week. I want to thank Pat for coming on. So Pat, before you go, Tell people where they can find you one last time. Well, Nick, thank you again for having me on. I absolutely love this podcast. I'm a fan of yours. I'm a fan of this platform. And thank you for being so generous to let me come on and sharing it with me. I really appreciate it. Um, You can find me on Twitter or Instagram on the handle at PTP underscore COYB. I do match reviews. Um, I do chat with Pat segments where I talk about Chelsea things that are on my mind. And I just really like interacting with Chelsea supporters. So find me, find me in both of those places. And I love, I'd welcome the opportunity to, to chat with all of you. Lovely, lovely stuff. Pat's links will be in the description below. As for us, we are on Twitter or X at that Chelsea pod, Instagram, that Chelsea pod, Fred's that Chelsea pods. If you wish to get in contact with us via email, you can, that's that Chelsea pod at gmail.com. Com. Um, as I said, we aren't all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. Just really pleased that, you know, for the first time in a sort of a week or two, we could, you know, get back to sort of the main show, having a guest on answering listener questions. Folks, it's just the way the schedule works. Monday night games, you kind of, it, it's a pain to, you know, sort any guest out. Uh, time zone differences, it's late at night in the UK, etc. So that's the best we could do. And that may be, the, you know, just a consequence of any, you know, future Monday night games, etc. Or, you know, Carabao cup games etc but please you know we've got we've got have pat back on uh so that was really really nice um if you've enjoyed what you've heard please leave us a rating and a review or on apple spotify etc on all use usual platforms um and you know keep your eyes peeled maybe for you know next weekend hoping to record the start of a new series uh you know to come out um hopefully next weekend but obviously we'll wait and see if that comes ahead but that is the plan so there should be some content as well for you guys to enjoy during the international break but yeah it's been a very very wonderful saturday chelsea i repeat have scored four yes four goals against burnley to win 4-1 it's been a wonderful wonderful night um until the next episode everybody keep the blue flag flying high sports social podcast network